tonight we have Eric, Chris, Barox, and Taylor. And tonight's main topic for discussion, possibly the only one, depending on how long we go for, is EA. Surprise, surprise, and, and headlines, I know. Let, but let's face it, it's going to be the only topic of conversation, not because we like don't have time it's because it's the only thing that we really need to focus on right now they've given us a lot of material to work with they give us too much like like, dude what better birthday present could i ask for of like ea like the most notorious (laughs) i guess star wars game that had like good practices but like how do you mess up so badly that you hit that many dislikes six oh it was um almost seven hundred thousand dislikes right by the end of it okay see Oh, oh, I'm gonna get this out of my system now. Go for it. EA used to make good games. It was so great. Like, I'm gonna pull gonna up their original mission statement. Hold on. <laughs> oh god, this will be good. You keep talking. But no, it's just like, man, you made Road Rash. Like, oh, I can make a couple so, games that they made so in the golden era. Wait, wait, okay. Let me see which ones I know off the top of my head. I, I mean, I know them, but like, which ones come to me? Okay, I have the statement the up whenever you're Road Rash games, they made The Haunting starring Poltergeist. They made, like, Desert Strike and Jungle Strike. The original Sims, which was absolutely incredible. Right, mm. like, I, I, I was, I didn't even leave the Genesis era yet. Like, you're, you're way ahead of me. Like, <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, favorite EA game. No, no, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, we, we didn't even leave the Genesis era, and I came up with, like, five solid games it, it, that aged in my opinion, pretty well, and then you break out the fucking Sims, which is totally the monster bad. house, right? Like, uh, I think something we'll touch on probably later is that like it's the issue isn't even that the games can't be good, good either. You know what I mean? Like the framework is obviously there, otherwise they wouldn't get away. They wouldn't even have the uh, the momentum. You just play shit like they're doing. I mean, we, we, we will kind of have to explain what we're getting at if people haven't heard about it, but... Let's... You have the talent oh. on hand, you just no longer have the mentality. There. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like... The, I just want to say one thing. It's like the long story short, the whole situation is they make a great game, but hide everything behind the paywall, even though you pay $80 up front for the game. Right. So, that's a bit general gist of what's going on. And Chris, go ahead with the. Oh, Parox, go ahead with uh, your with our mission statement. EA's mission statement from an instruction manual, printed because that's how old this is. We are an association of electronic artists who share a common goal. We want to fulfill the potential of personal computing. The main feature of this post, what was once written by those working electronic arts before they became nothing more than EA. Uh, there's some commentary in here. I'll try and skip past it. Can a computer make you cry? Right now, no one knows. Yes. This is partly because many could consider the very idea frivolous, but it's also whoever successfully answers this question must first have answered several others. Why do we cry? Why do we laugh or love or smile? What are the touchstones of our emotions? Until now, the people who have asked such questions tended not to be the same people who ran software companies. Instead, they were writers, filmmakers, painters, musicians. They were, in the traditional sense, artists. We're about to change that tradition. The name of our company is Electronic Arts. That is the yeah. shit. <laughs> but it's like Oh, there's more. I don't know. I don't think it's lame. It's like, no, 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 like it's, it's heartfelt. Cute, and this like, was from a company that was not that big at the time. Yeah. The humble beginnings. 
Oh, okay. Okay, that's right. You you did say this is like the the oldest. This is the original See, mission statement, like twenty plus years ago. Right. I'm sorry. See, I'm I'm associating it with like current EA pulling yeah. now, and it's like, oh, oh, oh you can computer make you cry. Yeah, if it tries to rob me of my life savings, it can make me cry. It's yeah, not like, cry gunpoint. Sure. It's like a uh, Pepperidge Farm, but digital. <laughs> <laughs> EA remembers for fourteen ninety nine. Mm, delicious. Uh, let's see, where was I? There's more. Up, up. Someone's breaking up. Dude, I was gonna say, did anyone else hear that? Hey, Chris. I think. Chris, you turn into a robot. <laughs> Sorry, I was launching a game to stream. Oh. Okay. Entirely on me. So anyway, continue. I'll keep going. We are a new association of electronic artists united by a common goal, to fulfill the enormous potential of the personal computer. In the short term, this means trans transcending its present use as a facilitator of unimaginative tasks and a medium for blasting aliens. In the long run, however, we can expect a great deal more. These are wondrous machines we have created, and in them can be seen a bit of their makers. It is as if we have invested in them with the image of our mind. And through them, we are learning more and more about ourselves. We learn, for instance, that we are more entertained by the involvement of our imagination than by passive viewing and listening. We learn that we are better taught by experiences than by memorization. And we learn that the traditional distinctions, the ones that are made between art and entertainment and education, don't always apply. In short, we are funding, are finding, that the computer can be more than just a processor. <laughs> I know, good Freudian twist. <laughs> <laughs> An interactive tool that can bring people's thoughts and feelings closer together, perhaps closer than ever before. And while 50 years from now its creation may seem no more important than the advent of motion pictures or television, there is a chance it will mean something more. Something along the lines of a universal language of ideas and emotion. Something like a smile. The first publication of electronic arts are now available. We suspect you'll be hearing a lot about them. Some of them are games like you've never seen before, and get more of them get more out of your computer than other games ever have. Others are harder to categorize, and we like that. Watch us. We're providing a special environment for talented, independent software artists. It's a supportive environment in which big ideas <laughs> are given more room to grow, and some of America's most respected software artists are beginning to take notice. We think our current work reflects the very special commitment. And though we are few in number today, and apart from the mainstream mass software marketplace, we are confident that both time and vision are on our side. Join us. We see farther. Dude, okay. They so, seem so good back in the day. No, yeah, that, that is that like, is like the per perfect mission statement. Also, Taylor, I am echoing. Oh, I'm sorry. Please use headphones. <laughs> um, that is some vintage, like, Apple think different type. Yeah, thing right? right the, the thing is, like, it made sense. Like, first of all, the whole, like, we may be small teams. Like, dude, on the back of the Road Rash manual, the whole team fits in a photo. Yeah. And, like, you know, they they made they said like some of our games kind of defy explanation. I mean, you had uh, I mean again this is I'm thinking Genesis era because that was when this was written this mission statement. You know, you had the haunting, which was like you play as a ghost that haunts a house. That wasn't like it was it was puzzle action kind of. You had Road Rash, which was like combat racing, and like this was in a time where it was like you're lucky you've got a platformer, like they really were doing shit right and then they weren't like, See, I, somewhere along the line it's kind of like um the quote like either you die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become a villain 
Yeah, yeah. Kind of where they're yeah, at right now. Yeah, they've become a villain. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, easily, easily. Um, <laughs> and, like, um, I, I guess to, like, kick things off into, like, where, you know, we're going with all this, it's, like, there have been stories going around about, well, not even stories, just, like, literal comment threads. Like, the EA is putting themselves out into the community and addressing uh, what people are saying about the new Battlefront game, the new Star Wars Battlefront, where they are locking characters behind paywalls and saying, well, no, it's totally realistic. You, you know, if you don't want to pay for them, you can just earn the in-game currency. But isn't it like, it's something like 40 or 60 hours to earn one yes. character? And yeah. that's, if you're, that's if you're really good at the game. Well, actually, apparently, um, your skill doesn't change how much you get. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I miss I misread something uh, that someone said about like, oh wow, I, this is my reward for doing really well, you know. So okay, that that makes more sense. They also um they have been locking people out of earning credits through like um certain like I don't remember which play mode it is, but like you can only earn X amount of credits per amount of time. I think it was arcade mode. Okay. Yeah. So... And it seems like a very free-to-play, like, fatigue meter. Yeah. Yeah, because, the, I mean, somebody, uh, you know, one of the comments that, uh, you know, it pretty much uh, lines up with what I think is that they're like, no, you know, can you technically earn it? Yeah, but what you guys are really banking on is that we'll get sick of trying and we'll just say, you know, fuck it, it's five bucks, you know? And, yeah, and exactly. over time, that adds up and... And like if your friends playing like Darth Vader, you can get jealous and be like, I want to play Darth Vader. Oh or... yeah, and um, wasn't it EA? Uh, please, someone fact check me on this because I don't want to be that asshole. <laughs> but um, like I'm pretty sure they're the ones they filed a patent recently. That was Activision. That's Activision. Activision yeah, but it's still worth mentioning. Activision filed a patent about um a progression system in an online-based multiplayer game that encouraged jealousy. Well, uh, through, in the through random drops. So the, the way that it works, specific, it is able to be paid for for usage. Yeah, so, right. It, I shouldn't TLDR this. That's my bad. Um, no. Yeah, it, the, it's an algorithm that will purposely match you with people who have paid content that you will want that makes them better. That is so messed up. Holy yes. shit. It's yeah, also so basically you end up saying, "Ooh, I want that. Why did he beat me? He has that cool gun. Oh, I can pay for it." I'll do that. Yeah, I yeah. don't even need to bring the financial motive into there. They're just deliberately mismatching different skill levels and gear levels. Yeah, like right even without the finances. That's just mean. Yeah. If you look at um what they're doing for the new World War II game, like they have achievements yeah. for watching people opening up crates. Right, like they really want you to fucking see this shit. And you know, that's um, that's scary because now this is two companies that are really suspicious. But I, I two big EA companies is kind of taking it. I, I think EA is taking it here, especially because like now they're even trying to save face in public, and it's like yeah, EA is kind of like in the position of like, hey, what are you gonna do about it? <laughs> You're gonna play? Yeah, that's not gonna sell well, us. Well, then they're sending their they're sending their PR lackeys out, and they're saying like, "Hey, man, we're, we're not trying to hurt anybody." And it, it, we all know it's bullshit. Like, mm -hmm. and you know, I I like to give you benefit of the doubt. One sided. I'll play devil's advocate. Right. Okay. 
At this point, the game's already been set. It's gone gold. It is shipping out to any place that hasn't already done their like midnight launches. The idea of them drastically changing things other than just an unlocked cost is not possible at this time. Yeah. They would have to put on a lot of development time, and they would have to... Like People are saying they don't want a loot box system at all, but that's intrinsically tied to the progression system. So they would have to overhaul the leveling system whole cloth. And the idea of unlocking characters, gear, perks, etc., that have to be done from the ground up. Do you think at this point it would just be? And I'm not. I'm not being facetious either. Do you think at this point it would just be more worth it for them to pull the plug on the game and just like accept it as a loss? So like, do you I, think it it, I. I think it's going to be making enough money for it to be worth it. And from here on out, they should probably just focus, if, if they care, of course. They should just focus on the next game. See, like I the one that brings back faith. Like, uh, it's it's hard to say because like. I'm still, like, in love with the old Star Wars Battlefront 2 from uh, the classic era of Xbox One, I believe it was, right? Yeah. Well, like, careful what you say with yeah. Xbox One. <laughs> but, like, it was... Oh, yeah, true. Oh, man. Yeah. The first Xbox. Let's the put original that Xbox, yeah, yeah. The OG Xbox. Xbox. Yeah. But, yeah, um, I was, like, in love with that game, and nothing was, like, hidden behind a paywall. Like, I played that game for, like, hours with my friends, and, like, if they had a new map pack, I would pay for that. But like, oh, yeah. well, because that's actually content that was not like, okay. Um, one of the weirder examples of an expansion pack from you know before DLC, uh, the Dynasty Warriors game, starting with I believe it was three, if not four. No, I think it was three. They did Dynasty Warriors Extreme Legends, which was extra missions, uh, like sometimes it, like a different mode would be in it. Yeah, and they would like, add RPG elements, they would right. have other branching paths, and it was either three or four, they started doing Empires as well. So you get yeah. three versions for each numbered entry. But the thing is, they're three... They, it's a game and two offshoot games. You're not paying for, like... D, it, it, it wouldn't really be, like, DLC, so to speak. It's more like, hey, this is a half-sequel. So... They would charge full price for it, though, half-sequel. No, they would not. Um, uh, no, uh, Dynasty Warriors would be like 50 bucks, and the one that uh, the side games that came out were 20 to 30, I think. Good so, guy, Dynasty you know, Warrior. No, exactly. <laughs> Co, I did it right, and you know, it, you're looking at this pay model that you know is becoming really popular with loot boxes. And, uh, you know, not to rip off another comment or sentiment, but uh, I saw one guy said, like, you know, if I cared about pride, or if I didn't care about pride 10 years ago, I could put in a cheat code. Now I have to put in my credit card information. Like, mm. it's true. And it, it, things get really dicey when you're competing against other players. Yeah. You know, it, it's fine to tell me, like, oh, you have to unlock this character for single player. You know, you have to suffer until then. Well, that's fine because the game will be designed hopefully, so they that balance. a single player can go without that character until they can unlock them. Or, like, a mode that's necessary for them will be locked. Um, whereas now, it's like, well, you know, if you don't want to get spanked by Vader, fucking buy him. Like, what are you waiting for? Yeah, well, if you want to... Go ahead. I was gonna say, but, or, like, going off what you said, or if you want to spank people with Vader, buy him. Yeah, yeah, buy him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was reading a Polygon article about this just now. Okay. Um, just like an interesting thing at the end of this article. It says, EA is showing that it doesn't understand 
what in the game has value, what doesn't, and what anything should cost. So what happens to the players who worked hard in a certain area to unlock something only to have EA devalue it the next day? Because they did make a price change, but it it was just a price scaling. They didn't actually adjust anything. Right. A drastic price change as well. We were talking like 75% yeah. difference in time investment. If you're going for like Luke or Vader. Right. So no, that that's a really good point. So the people who already, you know, uh, financially acquired them, what does that mean for their purchase? Like when when did you have to start worrying about a digital item having like devaluation issues? Yeah, and right. Of, of course, you know, if you buy a, a game digitally when it comes out and then it goes on sale, that that's one thing. I get it. But like now we're talking about like if people complain and it's unfair and you buy something that maybe you ethically should not have purchased in the first place well what happens if it becomes discounted or right. they do away with the system like gotta suck it up and i would assume legally that's all taken care of in ea's contracts if it's anybody who deserves the money on that payroll it's the lawyers mm. I was gonna say, pretty much any online free-to-play game, especially card games, do have that economic concern, for lack of a better word, yes. whereby, well, use Hearthstone as an example, where cards that get their effects changed or mechanics completely overhauled are able to be fully refunded for their crafting cost. And this doesn't necessarily make up for the fact that you're going to be losing a tool in your arsenal, but it is some sort of means of consumer consideration okay and there's a lot of things i think hearthstone does well there's a lot of things i think hearthstone does poorly but for the sake of this argument you have card games like i'm not sure about gwent shadowverse anything like that but they are taking into consideration the fact there is a set value and they are willing to not modify the prices but to give it back to the consumer anytime just so they get back what they put in exactly and i i don't know if it would be easier or harder with a card game because at least you have a very very like well-known real-world equivalent. Um, it's not like we're getting a modification along the lines of, let's say, downgrading a legendary to an epic, where there is an inherent 75% loss. Right. Well, Again, uh... We just before I forget, I want to bring this up. Uh, you were saying before how, like, this devalues certain characters, um, or devalues your time in the game, or your experience of the game. Right. Um, one of the games that actually really worked with that was uh, Monster Hunters. Uh, the director said, like, Monster Hunters could be, like, a really big game with loot crates just because the whole point of the game is you running around, carving up... It, it's a grind. It's a grind, yeah, hunting down monsters for that really rare item. But the director said, like, hey, that's, like, the biggest part about the game is the satisfaction of, hey, I killed this dragon 80 times to get this one bone, and now I can make the strongest weapon in the game. So, right, like, you wouldn't be in... You wouldn't be... In, in his opinion enjoying the actual game if you were just paying for it yeah they're trying to incentivize the rewards not the actual gameplay right like when people talk about warframe and how that game has a constant grind to it the fact is that the grind is the central gameplay focus yeah. the unlocking is almost secondary yeah like there's a lot of games where the grind is actually not bad and i oh, find yeah. it a lot of fun like, I'm a big Monster Hunters fan, like, I spent, like, hours hunting one dragon over and over again and, like, not getting tired of it. Well, I'll use, um, I'll use a couple indie games as an example. Uh, one of the things I loved about Isaac, you know, that game cost me, over time, 
buying like three versions and DLC, like half the cost of a you know AAA game, mm-hmm. and half the fun in it for me was like, oh hey, I unlocked this new item. What's it gonna do? Or hey, there's this new like challenge I have unlocked that I can beat. Like, let's see what it does. You know, what's the the point of the challenge? And like, I I you know grew up playing a lot of games where things were you know there was no dlc and things were locked behind you know challenges or you know mm-hmm. gameplay walls and it was a lot of fun it was a lot of yeah fun. and, and like you felt good that. for being the challenge you're like yeah i'm much better now yeah and i that i feel like that did like you know contribute to me getting better at these games and now i get it that there's people who you know they have money but no time they have time but no money but like I don't know, man. It, the gameplay is still the point of you playing, and I I understand it. I I really am not a fan of loot box systems. I wish we didn't have them, but if we're gonna have them, I'd rather them be like Overwatches, where it's like, hey, man, all the content in the game is free once you buy it. If we release a new hero, you'll get them. If we release yeah, a new map, you'll get it. it and if you don't have the time to grind out levels, okay, dude, buy loot boxes and you know. We'll try and get you the skins you want, but when they also offer with the arcade mode, if you get um, what is it, a total of nine winning games in arcade, you get three free boxes, which is right, something... and it's it's pretty like low time investment. Like you, you can knock it out in like quick. two hours if you really want to, but or you can like you know I like to save mine up and like do them throughout the week <laughs> as like a mini reward if I'm not if I don't have enough time to play normally throughout the week. Right. Or if you're bad like me, never get them. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> um, a costume library. Yeah. All right, do mystery heroes and hope your team gets a carry uh, carry build. Yep. But um, but yeah, like honestly, I I like that a lot of indie games have fun unlocks because it adds mystery and intrigue to a game without just being like, hey man, here's everything. Like I mean, and you know, there's stuff that. Ooh, that was bad. Uh, there's stuff that I acknowledge, like I admired growing up that may not be as good now that I'm an adult. Like, I thought it was cool playing through Tech and Tag Tournament and unlocking all the characters. Now, if I bring a fighting game home and I'm hyped to play it with my friends, I don't want to have to unlock my character. Mm. Like, I, but, I, I, but give me costumes to unlock, you know? There's ways to do it. Um, I will say, like, unlocking Ness in Super Smash Brothers, like the original one for 64, was like the golden moment of like, there's one character left, I don't know how to get him. And then one day you get him, you're like, oh my God, this exactly. is the greatest day. satisfying, but that shows you how awesome unlocks can be. They're, they're replacing that, that, that dopamine rush with financial incentive instead of gameplay incentive. That's like, you know, it's perfectly, in my opinion, like it, it, it could be a little like creepy if you think about it on a sci-fi level, but like, perfectly fine to be like yeah like i like the little rush i get from unlocking something in a game like i did something it, you know it, it was fun but you know who cares if i paid five dollars and got the character that's called shopping yeah there's this no discussion lends itself to another topic that i'm not sure if we're doing it tonight or another time but no uh, uh, we're, we could go wherever from this because we i think we covered the the basic right i just wanted to see if taylor wanted to weigh in on anything in particular before i go off on one um, no, not really, just the fact that, like, 
I think it's pretty ridiculous they gave like a like a veiled apology by reducing the amount of credits you need to get these characters but also reduce the amount that you earn so yeah, they that, really in the end did absolutely nothing that's just a smack in the face well, exactly. Uh, we might do a part two to this topic also because uh, they're doing an AMA on Reddit. Ooh, fun. Okay. <laughs> so it's basically going to be like a nightmare. A couple hours of literal ab verbal abuse by internet strangers. But mm -hmm. I'm sure there are sure we'll stories of the funeral march playing on loop. Yeah. But hey, what, what were you going to say as the small possible topic change? This leads me to the way that progression systems are changing in games and i'm trying to pinpoint an exact point, time at which this change happened like there is this we, we previously mentioned that the gameplay loop is now focused on the reward not the gameplay itself the grind is not what's meant to be most engaging it's meant to lead to the reward which is most engaging and right. there's this whole psychological even neurochemical analysis side to it but I'm not smart enough to even try that one. What I'm trying <laughs> to say is from a gameplay design perspective, where uh, games are now focusing on randomized rewards to a tremendous extent. And I played Diablo 2 for how many hundreds of hours? I know right. the value of randomized loot when it comes to appealing to players. But we also have to get to the point where consumers are not consistently getting what they expect, whether it is the pricing scheme of these unlockable characters which are the primary objective of playing and just how they acquire those characters like even if you play as best as humanly possible you could be top 10 on the leaderboards for years straight and you may just have a bad string of luck with your loot boxes so you have a harder time unlocking them and affording them than let's say somebody who on a whim drops 10 bucks and they automatically get the unlocks they wanted right this progression system is it requires the crafting components from the loot boxes where you need duplicates and you need new items nothing is useless but everything is of a varying usage even with smaller scale not indie games but very niche games i'm going to okay. use a fan service game for an example senran kagura peach beach splash platoon <laughs> knockoff that gets by on jiggle physics what that hey man the cooking rhythm game was fun <laughs> okay yeah, the dynasty Warriors game and they're not terrible, but here's the thing. The newest game is entirely based on a loot box progression system. It's all booster packs. And once you get those booster packs, you have like extra cards you can use for crafting materials, common, rare, etc. And that's how you level your characters. That's how you improve your gear. That's how you do everything except unlock new characters. So if you want to play on higher difficulties, you want to do challenge missions, you have to use the booster packs. And I don't know if it's better or worse than past games where they had the Millennium Festival like tokens for just playing a lottery, but even then, still randomized, still no guarantee that you'll get anything usable. And these progression systems are now, they're making it so that games are not remotely predictable. Yeah, yeah and I, I don't think predictability, like, it, I, I think that's a word, it's a, it's a fitting word. Um, I think it comes off worse than we intended to because I remember, you know, so many times when I'd be playing a game and I'd be like, okay, this thing in the, in the in-game shop, no, nothing DLC or anything like, you know, in-game shop, it was like, all right, well, 
I uh, I need like 10,000 gold to buy that outfit, and I earn an average of like 500 per match. So how many matches do I? And it was it was fun to see like how many matches I would have to grind out. Like not every game did it perfectly, but at least I could like strategize. I wasn't thrown in on my own and just all right, well, good luck, nerd. See, like the funny thing is, my first uh, experience with something like that was in Pokemon. Because uh, in Pokemon, I believe Red and Blue, you had to grind out like 999 uh, casino tokens to get Porygon, and that was the only way of getting him. So yeah. either you sat there, gambled all day, or just pumped in money into the game. Not like actual money, like their money into the game to get the currency to buy him. But like, it's kind of like the uh, proto version of what's going on right now. Yeah, and like, there were... I mean, even even without, like, a currency system, even just stuff like, I don't know, like, I'll use, like, I guess a fighting game as an example. Like, beat this as, like, beat arcade mode as this character without continuing. Like, that's something you can plan for. Mm -hmm. Like, you could go into training mode and make sure you know this guy's moves. And, you know, with with randomized systems, it's, it's even if it's not... I, mean, I don't even really like loot boxes if it's uh if it's free like you're just telling me like you might get it you might not and there's nothing you can do about it like you don't give me any goals to achieve like you were saying before like like unlocks are often things that you could say oh well i did this this is the unlock isn't just an outfit or like a character that you like it's also a symbol that hey look what i was able to do i have this just the fact that i'm playing as this character shows that i did something I really think that, like, harsh part of what it comes down to, like, you know, like you guys were saying, like, looking back on the prog progression of games, like, suddenly it's like, I look back and it's like, when did games, like, turn into just, like, loot boxes and, like, gambling and, like, the lottery system? But it seems like it's so influenced by mobile games, which is yeah. absolutely ridiculous and and it's really funny because it, this isn't an i told you so because nobody in here has <laughs> doubted me on it or anything but like i've doubted you from day one yeah <laughs> ma magazines and shit were like wow are, are, are smartphones the future of mobile and, you know back in like the mid 2000s yeah like is it the future of gaming and i'm like no it's not like it, i mean you're of gaming but you're kind of being a little too specific here there's plenty of places and plenty of spots in life for games you don't have to make it all a special way but you know more people are like oh my god like everyone's playing games on their phones now what's this about and it's like no give it a rest give it a rest it's not that big a deal and here we are all, all the mobile games that re rely on gambling we have one mobile handheld platform getting any widespread acceptance other than phone. Well, and at least a mobile platform like the game boy or something was still a platform it wasn't just hey, you happen to do shit on this device every day, you might as well put games on it too. Like, it sh to me, mobile gaming has always been a cheapened experience, ex except in very special situations. Yeah, and now it seems like they're going further away from that spectralization. The yeah. 3DS is looking like it's on the way out. We've already gotten the new iteration, which is just literally titled new, thanks to Nintendo for the power name scene. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah. And they're talking about this being the last Pokemon game to come out there. That is one of their biggest franchises. Really? Yeah. And yep. 
Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon are the last Pokemon games, like, main entries that are going onto that platform. Everything else is going to be Switch or other. Wow. Yep. Okay. And honestly, like, it is it is it's disappointing because, like you said, it's, like, it's so successful. But at the same time, like, it, ha it does have to end at some point. And I think, like they should if they're going to end it at all they should do it before they make a bad game <laughs> yeah yeah well and the, the funny thing is i'm not sad because like i don't think nintendo will be able to pull it off because like you know what okay yeah they have the switch now and that's it's a mobile platform if you want it to be and like whatever like if they decide to focus on it i can't stop them but for me this sounds so lame the ds was like the last bastion of like older Nintendo comp. See, like, for that's... Oh, um... I was gonna say, like, in for the DS era, like, my jam was, uh, the Castlevania series. Those were my exactly. favorite. Exactly! Like, they were making Castlevania games, and, like, I mean, Konami's a different story on that now, but, yeah. like, you know, they, they brought... They remastered and re-released for the first time in America, Glory of Heracles which was like a Famicom classic, and like they made it for the DS. It was like their second Super Nintendo. And the new 3DS, like yeah, they had fancy games with good graphics and stuff, but I feel like they still, at heart, they had a lot of games that were very like, sensibilities from like the Super Nintendo era. And I don't mean that in a way that like games were you know, only better back then. Plenty of newer games I like, but I mean, there was a balance between if you wanted Nintendo's newer concepts, you had like the Wii U, the Wii, whatever. And then the DS was kind of like their, you know, like I said, their SNES 2.0. Um, kind of how the Game Boy Advance was. And now with like mobile gaming, you know, kind of forcing out handhelds that could change that in a, in a way. Um, I want to get your opinion on this. So back to like the loot crates. What do you think about the granddaddy of all of them, uh, TF2? Because I played <laughs> a lot of TF2. I have um, 700. Ads could ruin the gaming world. Right? Like, so, well, I, I think, think it's. It seems I, SpongeBob, where it's just they have Smitty Werbin Yeagerman Jensen's hat and oh Mr. Krabs being approached God. by people with like increasingly ludicrous amounts of money. Yeah, uh, pretty much. That's actually 100% accurate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but like, so I have 756 hours in that game. Wow. Um, I play a lot of TF2 and like, I think the biggest difference between TF2 and like, let's say Overwatch with like the, the economy is that TF2 turned their loot crates into a economy. Like you can actually trade the keys for items or trade the crates for items, depending on what uh, series they were. See, I think that's actually a really important point, so put a pin in that, but continue. Yeah, but like, I feel like that point alone made it so that TF2 wasn't like uh, patient zero of the loot crate um, pandemic. I can point towards patient zero if you want, but it's not in gaming. What is it? Card games. Like, sure, not okay. Not digital card games, print card games. Yeah. Oh yeah, Magic that's why I hate trading card games. Like, I have a high tolerance for loot boxes compared to what most people would expect from me because right. I dropped how many hundreds of dollars, if not thousands, on booster packs. Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. Pokemon. Is, <laughs> yeah, I still have like 10k of those cards somewhere around here. Lovely. And that's the number of cards, not dollar value. I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> the thing is, 
The thing is that there was a marketplace where you could get specifically what you were looking for. Yeah. The prices would be gouging you to hell and back, but the thing is that there was an objective that you could seek out. There was randomization and there was objectives. Right. And, right. and for a lot of people, like, you know, this kind of like lottery system and loot box system in video games is like their first experience with it. So it's, I can see why it's really infuriating, but like you said, for card games, I feel like a lot of people don't make that connection. Yeah. And like, yeah. come on, who doesn't know, like, even, even like, you know, people who didn't grow up with uh, Yu Gi Oh! and Pokemon trading card games being popular, Magic the Gathering is still really popular. Yeah. A lot of yeah. kids know what magic is. Yeah. And, you know, I, uh, I understand Hearthstone's a bad example because it's digital, so they might associate it with gaming loot boxes, but everyone knows Magic the Gathering, and Magic the Gathering is absolutely a, you know, booster-chasing game. And just think about I how they go through it. seasons where, like, if you want to play the current format, they'll pass, like, 20 years or out the window. Yeah. So, if you want to be on, like, on par with everyone else, like, I'm feeling this burn with Hearthstone right now, like, if you want to be on par with everyone else, you better shell out that cash. <laughs> yeah. And um, one thing I do want to say about the, the TF2 thing is I don't know if TF deserves all the blame or not. I largely ignored it when it was out because I, I wasn't a PC player. Mm -hmm. So I had no really good way of playing TF. Um, yeah, it was abysmal on console. Oh, no, exactly. I bought the orange box for Portal and I was like, wow can't play this game yeah uh, so you know as far as what you said though about it being you know it 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 bred a, an economy i think that's one of the hearts of the issue here is that you know obviously we're dealing with a big beast here if it has multiple hearts but uh it's <laughs> like, um, an octopus of some sort God. sever the head seal the wounds exactly <laughs> um but you know when you can say that your game has an economy, then the game is not any longer a standalone product. There is a product within it that people desire it that is monetarily worth something. Like, yes. I, I believe... And even I if it doesn't become the platform... I'm sorry to interrupt you, but uh, the, the, the problem with that is not only does it potentially outweigh the main platform, even if it doesn't outweigh the main platform, you're still creating something that isn't just hey pay for our game and enjoy what's in it mm. like but i feel like it was a little different just because like you could actually trade with someone like i'm not correct am, am i correct that in overwatch you can't trade with other people no you, you cannot okay construct them if you want to you have to get a duplicate only yeah because like but see, get rid of that's the problem though is that They're if you can trade with people you don't have to earn things yourself. And I know that like certain people have a very valid, in my opinion, argument that, well, I don't really have the time to unlock all these things. That's fine. But like, that's also just kind of how it goes. You know, not everybody has time to do everything. Like, mm -hmm. I don't have a ton of time for games nowadays. I put a lot of things on my backlog. And you know what? I try and find ways to get to it eventually because I care. And I know it's not that simple for everybody, but you know, I think it's a way better option than letting games get dumbed down to just the point where it's like, well, instead of assets in our games, these are now, you Commod know, actual like assets. Commodities. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Literal assets. Like, you know, they're commodities you can pay for. So, like, and actually, I want to bring up one thing. Um, I used to also play a lot of Dota 
like as on par with TF2, like on par with TF2. So right. I have a item right now. It's the Pudge Dragon Claw Hook. If I bring this to the marketplace, I can sell this for four hundred and thirty-six dollars and eighty-one cents. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Like real money? <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Steam money. <laughs> well, no, but that—that's real money, especially because you can gift money on Steam. Yeah. So you could theoretically PayPal trade somebody. I am actually astounded this price went up so much. My God, I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> I hit gold. <laughs> There's gold in them Thar Hills. Oh man, what else do I have here? I can sell this for $15. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna start selling That's a dinner. Food. But yeah, so. Yeah, no, seriously, that'll buy you like, like a couple meals for the day if you're careful with it. <laughs> yeah, right? I also have another item here that's worth $16.85. Oh. A month of ramen. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, we're in, I'm in a good spot, guys. I'm in a good spot. <laughs> really quick, before we go back to what we were we were on, I just I want to like I'm predicting it right now, like quote of the year that will be like reused in so many different like applications is the title of that original Reddit thread. Seriously, I paid eighty dollars to have Vader lock. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That, that's gonna be like meme of the year. Yeah, yeah. gaming memes and bound. Yeah. So anyway, well, I think the EA has one better, but uh, what was it they said on Twitter? It was something about oh, oh, armchair devs. Armchair yeah. devs. Like, yeah. Really, the people who are willing to buy three plus copies of your game for over a hundred dollars a piece, and you're complaining that they yeah. are analyzing them? Yeah. The one of the higher ups at EA was like on twitter quoted is say not, not even quoted like he he said it like it was straight up yeah. him um he tweeted that like the people who were like bitching and moaning were like armchair devs and they didn't know what they were talking about wow yeah. Yeah. nobody accuses film critics of being armchair directors yeah 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 oh and uh in in that reddit thread somebody was like hey like like uh i don't know if, if he's he posts on reddit but like can you uh you tell them that insulting your customers is kind of a bad look and it's not, uh, it's not a good long-term plan and the guy like representing ea on the thread was like yeah he doesn't use reddit but trust me i'll pass it along <laughs> but uh not really like yeah. me understand how it happened but there's two industries where consumer hostility is the norm video games and comic books really like comics books. yeah yeah comic book brands like oh god they yeah. hate everything fun and meanwhile, the developers of the games and the writers for the comic books, the editors, you name it, they're calling their fans racists, homophobes, bigots, and just horrible things as if they are the ones doing the oppressing. Meanwhile, these writers and other creators have the platform of putting out a book nationwide, if not globally. Yeah. Well then, I, that's news to me. I didn't know the comic book uh, scene was that. Um... It's Angsty. Very hostile right now. Yeah. It's, I haven't bought new comic books in a while, but I still poke my head in because that was part of my childhood. Mm. And right, and you're kind of curious to see what's going on. It's like, oh. I can't read a modern Marvel comic nowadays. I can get some DC stuff, but it's just so unfriendly and unwelcoming. I just know that Superman became the god of strength, Batman's the god of intelligence, and I don't know what's happening anymore. 
<laughs> well, yeah, we, we talked about that uh, that last week. How like comics just like up the ante way too hard for my taste. Oh yeah, it's like I yeah, now have the power to destroy the multiverse. Ooh. <laughs> like okay. Yeah. No Batman one's around to the, notice. Uh, so. Throne of knowledge and was basically Bat God. Doctor Manhattan's brought back in, so now they're trying to put Doomsday like the Doomsday Arc. I've heard what they're calling it to explain the New Fifty Two, all the different multiverses in the fiction, uh. and how things got changed up. It's like. You could Somebody needs to tell comic writers, explain yourself in special editions of your comic meant to explain the story. <laughs> you probably wrote a confusing story. Yeah, it's, that's a behind-the-scenes thing, not an entire arc. Yeah. Right. And Guys, that's the reason why, like, I, I, I really like comics, but I can't keep up with them because there's too many, like, there's, like, 30 editions of, like, one story, and, like, I can't keep up with it. I can't tell you how many times, like... Taylor and I have gone into like my local comic store and like everything we end up buying ends up being like a graphic novel or something that's only like a one or two off. Yeah. Like we look at all these superhero comics and we're like, wow, like look at his designer. She looks so badass and like, oh, <laughs> no, no, no. It's Wonder Woman. This is going to get annoying to read. Like, forget it. <laughs> See, we just give up. And the, I think this one, this is uh, canon. I can be completely wrong about this, but like, I heard that Spider-Man, like, gave up Mary Jane to the devil to save Aunt May. I was like, I don't think that's a... Wait, what? It wouldn't even be the weirdest Spider-Man interaction with Mary Jane because in one, I think it was Ultimate Spider-Man or something like that, she was killed by his radioactive semen. What? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Excuse me? (laughs) I think I heard something about that. I'm not sure, though. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure that happened. It's not good. Just don't be Mary Jane. Yeah, and this isn't even Spidey's first deal with the devil, because after the first Civil War arc, he literally had to go to deal with the devil because he gave up his secret identity during the Infinity, or not Infinity War, Civil War, and he made a deal with the devil so that he could get his secret identity back. I feel like... undoing one of the biggest consequences of his actions. He should have just been like, I'm going to be a new superhero now with the same abilities. I'm not Peter Parker, though. <laughs> like, like when, when, when you're one of the most, like, powerful entities in your world, you can't you can't just, like, go off the grid and make a new identity, man? Like, you're not yeah. prepared for this? Like, he has a new tech firm that's on par with Stark Industries and the continuity they're running with right now. Really? Like, probably funds the uh, Witness Protection Program. Oh, wait, no, that's right. He had to dissolve Parker Industries because of a scheme from Dr. Octopus. Oh, okay, we're, we're, this is, yeah, no, it's game too meta. Um... But, uh, I go phone comics. You have to stop me. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It's okay. Uh, seriously, though, what, what was oh, the last part of the, the game thing we were on? Uh, um, the economy and how. Yeah, yeah, the economy. Like, you know, having. And this is why I, I think Overwatch is like a pretty, like, okay example. You know, you have, um. You have these costumes that really don't add anything to the game except literal cosmetics. Um, and you can't trade them, you can't sell them. All you can do is buy loot boxes with the hope of getting more. In Overwatch, and, can you get multiple of the same costume? Yeah, uh, yes, yeah. and that's when they're quote-unquote, like, disenchanted for gold. Oh, okay. Yeah, unlike, okay. The uh, rates aren't very example, good. There's no prevention for legendaries either, so no. duplicates of anything are getting. And yeah. they do not scale the prices for special event costumes. Uh, uh but the the one thing I will say that they do just for clarity um, is last year's 
event costumes when they go for sale again during the, you know, the next event they are cheaper to buy within game currently and yeah, but even the current ones like if you wanted the symmetra skin for the most recent halloween event it cost you 3k to make oh yeah you only yeah got, what a ninth or a tenth of the value if you got a duplicate of it yes yeah it's it, no it is ridiculous i'm not defending that i'm just clarifying for people who don't play overwatch that um mm. if you wait a year they have now proven across like every single event from last year that yes the event comes back next year and yes you can buy the old costumes for a third of the price so nice, nice. even that like it's <clears throat> it's something you know what i mean at this point and um it's one of those scenarios where you know is it shitty yes but it sits better with me because it doesn't create an economy there's no advantage or disadvantage i mean you could argue that ultimately like well uh if you use this costume you can hide behind a bush a little bit <laughs> i have literally like and i agree with that analysis it can happen but like i have never been in a real situation in a game where i went oh come on god damn it it's the turban on zenyatta that Fuck me up. I'm gonna make this happen. <laughs> in that Spanish village with his mariachi costume. I never would have seen him coming. Right. Oh, exactly. Man. Like, he blended right in with the sugar skulls. No, it doesn't fucking happen. He blended in, in with his life. spray. Wow. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> and, and also, like, when you play, like, competitively, and I mean, like, for money in a tournament, not, like, combo, um, they have, like, skins for you anyway. Mm. So. Um, yeah, at, um, at BlizzCon, just, what was that, like, last week? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Last yeah, week. last week. The, um, the Overwatch World Cups happened, and this was the premiere of it, but, um, like, Blizzard designed for each country that was competing their, like, own special skins based on, like, colors that they chose. So oh, that's that cool. was really cool. It, it was very, like... Like, team was, and flag colors, and they, like, put their flags on the guns and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. It was it was a big show of, uh, of faith. But, um, but, yeah, so... Other than that, the skins, like, it's literally just how do you want your fucking character to look. It doesn't give you advantages, it doesn't give you disadvantages. So, we're looking at something that there is, you can't trade them, you can't disenchant them for currency, you can't disenchant them for money. This is literally for fun. Mm, and, yes, I would like to be able to... There's no trading. Exactly. And I would like, ideally, to be able to unlock them without, you know, worrying about a random loot box or, you know, money or anything. But if you're going to do it, that's not a bad way to go about it. Because, like, then, like, back to, like, how it was, like, in TF2, where you can actually make a profit off of it. I used to, like, hang out and trade servers all day long and just trade with people. Try to get that extra yeah. value out of that one gun. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But, like, but like, I, I, I'm sure there's people who think that's cool in its own right. But I don't know, man. For me... I mean, like, I, I heard this, and I don't know if it's true. Um, actually, hold on. My, my resource for this might be here. Kyle, you back there? Hi, Kyle. Um, <laughs> when we talked about World of Tanks, was that confirmed? Was that that guest appearance. <laughs> or was that... A while Kyle appears. But we didn't. Um, we never looked this up. So what are you talking about? Okay. Uh, World of Tanks is a i know I, you're probably aware that it's notorious for money grubbing um yeah it's literally like 
the the only way you could possibly enjoy it is if you think like wow it's like i'm really paying for my own military <laughs> um like my as favorite as we know yeah i i would love to look, look this up and confirm it you have to pay for the ammo you there is a premium ammunition, but it is not, from my understanding, mandatory against uh, Okay, it's not mandatory. There okay. are some tanks, however, where it is hugely impractical to fight them if you don't have the premium ammo. Mm. That's exactly the point. It's like, if, and let's face it, if you want to win, you're going to use that tank. Because at the very least, if I'm going down, I'm taking your wallet with me. So, <laughs> What's the name of the other game that came out? So it was in the beta forever. Was it like Star Citizen? Am I thinking correct? Is that the right name? Uh, I no, I, yeah, Star Citizen is a game. I don't. Know is that the one that was like? Who you're referring to? I believe if I remember the right game. Or even came out into a playable alpha. Yeah, so pretty much. Yes. You could buy in, buy like a bunch of these like beyond expensive ships, and that's kind of like how you show you're playing. Is but like some of these ships are like five hundred dollars, I believe. I could be wrong, but yeah. yeah. But, and uh, that's the thing. Like I said, you're no longer selling me like a game. You're selling me a model. access to an in-game economy model, yeah. And I, a lot of people say, like, well, when does it when does it go too far? Honestly, I don't. You know, I, I try and be understanding of change, but this is one thing that I really think has no place. I'll play devil's advocate again and go as extreme as possible if you want. Go for go it. Go for it, no, dude. That's, that's that's good. Loot boxes are inherently anti-consumer if you're looking at them from a strictly quantifiable standpoint. If you take a game like Overwatch, for example, and I played more than my fair share, I bought two copies of the game just between a regular and a collector's edition, like 200 bucks. I'm sorry, which game did you say? Overwatch. Oh, okay, okay. If you got even one of the overpriced Call of Duty Battlefield premium passes for $50 for one year of content, that would be more cost-efficient than the loot box system for Overwatch. If you are going to put in the time to unlock things, like just one event for Overwatch, the only one I ever paid into was Halloween 2016. Okay. I spent $80 on that event and I still had to play more to unlock everything. Yeah, I've been in that situation as well. Yeah, if you want to do all the Overwatch events and unlock all the content, then either you are playing that game professionally, constantly, or you are going to pay out over $300 per year on top of the entry fee because it's a paid box. Right. And and this hmm. is on top of the fact that it's a loop system. It's not guaranteed to get you what you want. Like, you are going to be randomly spending. It's a highly erratic system where it is randomly you get most of what you want if you pay into the system. And you are spending six plus times more compared to the games which people are openly hostile towards for being overpriced and consumer yeah. exploitative. Battlefield, Call of Duty, you name it, with their overpriced premium passes, they are charging a fraction of what Overwatch is and other Blizzard properties and other games with a paid box emulating a free-to-play economy for less content. Wow. Yeah, and for some additional perspective, like, I'm now level, like, in Overwatch, I'm level, like, 700-something. I have hundreds of hours on this game, and I'm still missing, like at least half of the stuff from all the holiday events and like the regular items that are available all of the time. This is where I would like to throw in though, that this is only, now when you say like, you know, the season passes, you mean for the maps and characters and shit? Correct. If you were to launch now, additional cosmetic items, I- 
as I'll try far and look as it up, but it would increase the number. Yes, that's a valid point, and again, one that's worth bringing up because if you don't say it, someone's going. Um, but you also have to remember which really, really looks worse when you look at the fact that you can have a cosmetically different but gameplay-wise indistinguishable experience from somebody who paid $40 for the game and no loot boxes in Overwatch and somebody who paid thousands of dollars in loot boxes. You're playing the same game. You're playing the same map. You're playing the same character. And said gameplay is inherently feeding into a cycle where your main rush, your purpose for playing, is the loot. And I disagree with that because I know multiple players, you know, a good number of them, really don't give a shit about skins. And the occasional skin they like, they earn enough through playing to unlock them. And they play the game because they like the fucking game. But I feel like it also, this is targeted towards a very small community of people. It's like, there's a lot of people who don't really care about the skins, but there's some people who are like yeah. avid on like collecting all the skins. Yeah. Absolutely. Like um, the biggest controversy that happened recently uh, before EA was uh, Guild Wars. Yeah. And yeah. like, I'm a bi- I was actually a big Guild Wars fan and uh, I haven't played in a while. But like I totally get the like need to get all the skins in that game because they have some really good looking skins, and you see people flying around with them. You're like, oh man, I have to get that too. And the only way to get that is by paying a bunch of money, and it's just like a vicious cycle if you really want it. Yeah, I think the one thing you just have to say is to remember that this is a business enterprise, and you have to vote with your. I was not happy with the way Guild Wars was going. I got bored with it as well. I didn't buy the expansion. I oh yeah, not no EA fucking loot boxes. I no longer enjoy overwatch and i think it's overpriced for what it is i haven't paid for a single loot box since halloween over a year ago right like i was actually very excited to give uh battlefront a try now they're not getting my money same i was like this looks amazing and then all this happened like i don't like to boil things down to it's that easy but <laughs> kind of is that easy it's in that this situation easy. don't buy it and you'll be fine yeah and i mean i still it it, it should be talked about though because like they should know that people are noticing and it should be noted by these companies yes this is why we're not buying your game you know what i mean because otherwise they'll just think oh people don't like games anymore you know they'll come up with some stupid reason they'll be like oh they don't like star wars no more star wars games yeah yeah and then they'll just try this again with a different theme yeah um and they'll be missing the entire point which is i'm on one hp on the last boss again god damn it um but uh (laughs) you know they'll miss the point so i think it's action wise it's as easy as voting with your wallet and then people who care to speak out whether it's privately you know behind uh you know uh, a a username on reddit and saying like hey i don't like this or you know however angry you want to get or us who are doing like a public podcast about it you know those are the people who have to show them like hey don't fucking do this and people will buy your game more it's not because people don't like star wars it's not because people and i i I have to look it up because as you can tell i have no memory with this shit i have to look everything up uh Mm. i'm pretty sure i've seen examples of that before where people are like wow people must not like blank anymore it's like no you just did a shit job oh i think dead space here yeah i think it's gonna be like hard games yeah yeah and it's like this these are the conversations that need to happen 
along with voting with your wallet. And, you know, I'm, I'm not buying into mobile games, except for, I, you know, I play Puzzle and Dragons, and sometimes I will, uh, I will buy roles for, for characters. But I feel that the amount of gameplay I get out of it versus the few bucks that I put in for polls here and there is cheaper than if they were to charge me for a full product, and it funds the game. I still don't totally like it, but if I'm on the fence about anything, I'm going to pick, you know, it's just one game. I don't commit to any others. Uh, I don't pay for other mobile games. I don't pay for, you know, like loot box systems in games if I don't think they're doing it at least relatively ethically. Um, I try to avoid games with loot box systems anyway. Like, I support independent developers that I think are making really good games. You know, it's just, it's literally as easy as buy what you support. Yeah, like... Uh, I think the one game that, like, AAA game that has a, their claws in me is Hearthstone. Is like, yeah. I spent a lot of money on Hearthstone because I buy, like, the pre-purchase packs every season. Or every you expansion. Buy the, the booster boxes, so to speak. Yeah, like, the 50 packs for $50. I'm like, yeah, I want to do that because, like, I know, like, if I'm not playing a lot right now, I go through, like, spritz, spritz and fur- uh, ugh, can't speak. I go through like waves where I'm like, I don't really feel like playing the game, but then like a month later, I'm like, oh, I'm like back to rank nine. I'm happy. Yeah. Gotta get those card backs. Yeah, also the card backs. I need all the card backs. I haven't missed one yet. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say something though. I, growing up, like I said, I didn't have a PC to, to play on. We had computers and of course. <laughs> back, back in my back, day. My, back in my day, my PC gaming was newgrounds.com. Um, we had a but, hamster in my computer. <laughs> But um, I didn't have a gaming PC. Uh, we actually tried to get games to run on some of our PCs, and we were like, oh, this doesn't work. Uh, mm. So when I when I heard about the whole MMO model, I was like, you're paying monthly for one game? But I didn't understand how the dynamics work because I was never exposed to it. Now I dabble in Final Fantasy XIV, and I realize two big things about MMOs. Number one, you realistically pick one that you like and you play it. You're mm. not going to really be the kind of person, and some people do, and that's that's fine. But I thought it was ridiculous that you would pay for one game and like what? That's ridiculous. But you know, you're not. I'm not going to play Final Fantasy, WoW, Elder Scrolls, all these games, and pay a subscription for each of them. I'm going to pick the one that appeals to me the most, and they all have similar gameplay loops. It just depends which one you like aesthetically and you know which one has specifics in their gameplay that appeals to you but the loop is still quest party role play that kind of stuff mm -hmm. so i never understood that as a kid and the other thing i actually have come to respect the mmo model because you, you pay a monthly fee but you can stop whenever you want you can come back whenever you want and you get whatever they put out aside from like any big expansion that's literally a new game or cosmetics or time roll events well, right but for the most it, those are symptoms of the things we're talking about now we're like you know i think overwatch is a good game but i think the loot box system is stupid but you know aside from symptoms like that you're getting a very full gameplay experience for you know what if you put in i was talking to taylor about it the other day i'm like if i paid like the 12, you know 10 or i think it's like 10 bucks a month for final fantasy if not eight uh if i play it a couple hours just like three times a month, I get my money's worth at a dollar an hour. You know, mm. it, it, I could do far more expensive and less fun things for a dollar an hour, just going out and like pretending to have fun. So, so 
I, I've come to appreciate that the MMO model, it funds the fact that this is a real-time world that is being maintained 24-7. Yeah. And I get that now. But, you know, I think that's an interesting dichotomy between something like that and loot boxes where it's like, yeah, the game's done. We just want to keep making money off you. It doesn't really fund anything. Except, I mean, I understand some companies can do it, but we're not talking a game that has to be updated 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're talking like, come on, you're putting out a patch here and there and like a character here and there. Like the sales should drive that, not an in-game uh, economy. No, yeah, I agree with all that. Um, I, I'm on the same boat with you where like when I was younger, I was like, wow, World of Warcraft, $20 a month. I am never going to touch that. But like- Oh yeah, dude, Final Fantasy is cheap as hell. But the the MO that got me was uh, RuneScape when I was younger. <laughs> of course. I got like two years into that game, uh, played every day after school. Classic. Yeah, I still remember a password for my character. Uh, maybe one day we can go back for a special. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. See, although like, the, like I, one day, like, was it like three years ago, I went back to see how the game changed. I was like, I don't understand anything anymore. <laughs> Why, are, why do people have frog heads? <laughs> Roostkeep's a weird beast. I it is. I, I never played it, but I just, I know it's like, it's a yeah, weird same. game. That's where the uh, memes come from. Hang on one second. Bye, GF. <laughs> but what, uh, what were you going to say about uh, it hooking you and stuff? Oh, no, like, I played it, and, like, if I want, they, like, they kind of restricted, like, most of the map to paying members. So you had to pay like $5 a month, but like from like oh, the content okay. they gave you, I felt like it was really worth it at the time. And I like, I can feel that about like most MMOs I have to say, like, like a lot of them are going like, Hey, we're going free to play, but now you have to pay for all this extra stuff. I don't know. It's kind of like, I know like actually, uh, who is it? ESO. They have, they went buy to play where you just buy it and it's free to play afterwards. But they also have a subscription base where they give you like free in-game currency every month as like for like, you know, supporting them every month. Yeah, and um, like I, I think a model like that is way more appropriate because you're providing a more constant service, a more constant, you know, product, a more, a more constantly changing product versus here is a finished game that is going to get minimal amounts of attention, mm -hmm. you know, post-release, buy it, enjoy it, whatever. And I just, I don't know, like, I, I, at the risk of sounding like I, I, I'm stuck in my certain ways, I like games are, that games are changing, games are interesting, you know, things are looking pretty good, but a lot of developers seem to be losing sight of what made, like, progression and things like that fun yeah. yeah fun gripping engaging or maybe that's yeah. why they just don't care they just want money well again that go you know that's the that's the consumer loop versus the gameplay loop is they don't care consumers are buying so, so why not yeah yeah maybe this is me being pedantic but is there any way to separate gameplay from monetization with this like whole topic I think I think we have next week's topic. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's a good because I mean obviously 
like we talked about more than just EA, but that that it was, EA was the jumping off point for all this. So I think that could be a, a good That's... jumping off point. I agree. This is so semi unrelated. I just like as you guys were talking, my mind was just like going on about like gaming related stuff. Um, I, I would like to talk about it at some point. It obviously doesn't have to be next week, but I would really like to talk about like gaming cafes in the early two thousands. Oh, those are fun. Oh hell yeah. I've I never actually like got to go to one, but like obviously I've seen tons of like photographs and i know people who used to go to them and it, they seemed so cool yeah. but and i know like over in asia there's even still or like South going Korea. pretty strong Tay, did i tell you you know where maris is yeah that was a that was an internet cafe really that's yeah. weird yeah it was a very weird place too yeah i think i've been to one once before and it was a interesting time it was not really that much fun to be honest but like you just had like someone saying you had like they had like one person sitting in the corner the whole day and that was about it i'm yeah dark on that subject the closest i ever got was like pizzeria or bowling arcade <laughs> <laughs> i figure we'll end up talking about arcades too but yeah. yeah no i i that was the only internet cafe i think i've ever been to and i went i think twice hmm. i'm already talking too much for one person one night i shouldn't be planning for the future <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so uh, guys, I think this is pretty good for today's segment. Uh, we covered yeah. a lot of stuff. Um, does anyone have any closing statements? Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. Everyone, everyone's saying it, but like, uh, God. Uh, shout out to fucking Roundtable Podcast for predicting this shit. Cause were, what was it like? A, uh, Eric, was it like couple weeks ago or like last month they were talking about the whole like loot box thing and i was like this is getting pretty bad i think i think it was like actually jim sterling starting the whole thing like hey guys this is pretty bad it's like no 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 not with the ea thing like they're uh no i mean like oh it was it was the patent they were talking about the patent and that was when i was like oh god this is like there's there's milestones where i noticed these things are ascending to next levels of terrible (laughs) and the activision one was or if they have like last one. I could just see like a group of like five people sitting there like, how can we milk more money? I have an idea, guys. Listen to this. <laughs> yeah, and they like just applauded. And like he, t- he takes a bow, they throw roses. Tom and Jerry movie where he has that scene, we've got to get more money. Or like uh, it's like Rick and Morty. It was like, hey guys, I have an idea. I can, but I can answer that for money. Very true. <laughs> but yeah, so um, I think uh, if there's still time for closing remarks, yeah, go for yeah, it. Go for it. In EA's own words, this is my advice for them. Uh, <laughs> I want to make sure I get them right. Okay, I just want to be completely honest. Okay. Watch us. We think our current work reflects the very special commitments. Watch them, because this is not an isolated incident. This (laughs) is the trend, and this is what they will do unless they are told or or they learn. Yeah, we had works. That's foreboding. Mm. Very dramatic, but I agree with it. Callum, I probably I I, I agree with all that. You're in there, but fuck it. <laughs> yeah, do that in your uh, Edgar Allan Poe voice, Lair. 
Yes. <laughs> very special commitment. Very, very ominous now. On that note, I'm getting the hell out of here. <laughs> All right, guys, it's been fun. Um, we'll be back next week. Uh, we have very similar topics coming up and maybe some other topics that will come up during the week. Uh, but yeah, we'll... we have dumb things planned. I'm excited for we it. We got the EA, um, Reddit AMA to talk about. Oh, that's going to be a fun one. Yeah. <laughs> Brace okay, yourself for downloads. Be a double episode. Oh, yeah. All right, I'll see you guys later. It's been All fun. Right. Your armchair devs will be back soon.